Hello, this is Joan D. Martin, author of Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. The title of today's post is Reflections on Why the Poor Stay Poor in America and the Myths of Poverty. I started with the iconic photograph by Dorothea Lange titled Migrant Mother, taken in 1936. Um, and the actual migrant mother was was uh, named Florence Owens Thompson, and President Reagan went uh, touted her when she died in 1983, and he sent condolences to the family, and he said, quote, "Mrs. Thompson's passing represents the loss of an American." who symbolizes strength and determination in the midst of the Great Depression, end quote. Well, that quote may actually be correct, but in fact, Florence Owens Thompson's heritage was Native American, Cherokee, and by written accounts, she lived in abject poverty at least for most of her life, and at her death, money was donated by well-wishers for her medical bills and funeral expenses. President Reagan's statement is a myth that still persists today. We continue to project an image of, quote, strength and determination, end quote, onto those who managed to stay alive while poor. The millions of Americans living in poverty in this country are not what we project onto them. They are simply people who cannot support themselves and need help. And we need to increase the amount of help and make it much easier to access if we are going to do anything about reducing or eliminating poverty in this country. I thought I'd use this post to reflect on what I've learned in nearly two years writing Crime and Punishment, and I hope that information has been passed to you in a way that you can learn the whys behind the reality of poverty. It is impossible to make change without understanding exactly what should change and why it should change. And that's why facts, particularly when placed in an interesting narrative and historical context, otherwise known as a story, are important. As citizens living in a participatory democracy, we have an obligation to understand the increasing imbalance of not just money, but the power that money brings, and how an increasing wealth gap directly affects each of us. Here's a quote from an economist named Joseph Stiglitz, who uh, wrote a piece for the, who was quoted in the Council on Foreign Relations uh, article dated April 20th, 2022. Quote, inequality is a drag on economic growth and fosters political dysfunction, experts say. Concentrated income and wealth reduces the level of demand in the economy because households, wealthy households tend to spend less of their income than poorer ones, 
reduced opportunities for low-income households can also hurt the economy. And here's the quote from the uh, economist Joseph, Joseph Stiglitz. Quote, when those at the bottom of the income distribution are at great risk of not living up to their potential, the economy pays a price not only with weaker demand today, but also with lower growth in the future. End quote. The key takeaway from my exploration of poverty in the United States is that the continued existence of poverty is directly related to a series of policy choices made by our elected officials through the laws they write and sign into effect. It's also about how those laws are interpreted and enforced, which appears to be in favor of giving as little as possible to those in need of monetary assistance, including when that money is legitimately allocated for the purpose of alleviating poverty. Truthfully, I have applied for and received most of these programs at different points in my life, so I have seen firsthand how they work in practice. For the most part, poor people cannot lift themselves out of poverty by sheer force of will. And poverty is not a permanent stain on our society because more adults need two- or four-year college degree, or that those without money need to work harder or longer or possess more, quote, strength and determination. Rather, it is because most of those we elect to represent us and make our laws are operating with antiquated thinking. For example, like America is great because everyone has the opportunity to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and be successful. And in the understatement of our times, these elected officials do not prioritize reducing or eliminating poverty. They prioritize business. There are a few policy choices I've written about on crime and punishment that have become so completely embedded into our society that they are rarely even questioned. But if these areas are addressed with a view to helping those living in poverty or paycheck to paycheck rather than punishing them, our country would be well served by at least reducing the number of people living in poverty. Number one, and I am linking two posts that I have already written on these issues. Number one, credit scores. Perhaps the greatest catch-22 in our system, and mostly unregulated. Unless you have oodles of cash under your mattress, you'll need a high credit score just to function in our society. Most of us cannot pay cash to purchase a home or a car, so we must finance it. If our credit score is not dubbed excellent, we will pay more in interest to finance our mortgage or car loan or, say, a personal loan to pay medical debt, which we incurred by having the misfortune to get sick. But the only way to maintain an excellent credit score is to have enough money to pay all of our bills and not have to charge too much. How many of us are in that position? Number two. 
We need a federal usury law. No one should have to pay 36% to 300% interest on a loan. And the only ones who do are the poor, working poor, and perhaps the middle class who simply don't have enough cash on hand to cover an emergency. Three, personal bankruptcy laws. The classic crime and punishment. The only reason a person files bankruptcy is because they don't have enough money to pay their bills. They have committed the crime of not having enough cash, and the punishment is 10 full years with a negative hit to your credit score. 10 years. Can you imagine getting terribly sick, not having enough money to pay your medical bills, even with insurance, having to go through the cost and humiliation of filing for bankruptcy, and then being punished for 10 years with a low credit score? See number one above for how important credit credit scores are for functioning, especially without cash under your mattress. The truth is that almost all of us have received some type of financial help in our lives, whether it's gifts or loans from parents, other family or friends, or the government. But for those who don't have family or friends to lean on during hard times, or are lucky enough to hit the lottery or receive a surprise inheritance, the government is our safety net. Let me know your thoughts on this post and some of the others I've linked to. You can comment right here. If you are not already a subscriber, by the way, why not take this opportunity to join our community with a free or paid subscription? A new paid subscription or an upgrade from a free to paid subscription will allow me to expand this newsletter with additional primary source information like interviews and public information requests and expanded podcast offerings to include real live guests. Although I won't be going on strike anytime soon, the current TV writers' strike demonstrates that writers deserve to be paid and paid well for their work, just like any other profession. Thank you in advance for your financial support of my writing. And don't forget, Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, please consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. As always, thank you for reading and listening. See you next time on Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America.